At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app. Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. And we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. Listen to MTV's official challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. No investigation necessary. Welcome to VEASAN's F1 betting podcast. It's lights out, away we go, go, go. Oh, Checo is a legend. Absolute animal. The only F1 handicap you'll ever need. Mike, this is the right. And the championship can only be won by one. Here are your hosts, F1 technical analyst Mikhail Miranda and betting expert Ben Wilson. Welcome to the F1 betting podcast. I am your sexy co-analyst Mikhail Miranda. And alongside me is betting expert Ben Wilson. And Ben... It has been a pleasure doing this entire season with you, and it's uh, unfortunately come to an end. The F1 2023 season wraps up in Abu Dhabi, and oh my god, what a marvel it has been this season, watching Max Verstappen, McLaren, Alex Albon, Williams, much, much more. We've seen records been broken time after time. We saw dominance in a sport that has not been seen for a couple of years. We've seen some tricky areas. We've seen some new tracks, some great racing. Uh, All in all, it's been a fabulous season despite some disadvantages of the season, to say the least. Uh, I was going to say, Mikhail, disadvantages to say the least. But look, you can't deny the the absolute elite level and form that uh, Max Verstappen ends this season in. And, you know, we talked we talk since Futures have already come out for next year. You know, do you really believe that in the, the few months to come, right, until we get back out in the, on the track and preseason testing in February, like I know McLaren is going to be maybe that sexy that constructor's pick who's now second in the, uh, in the futures coming out, but is there really a case to be made that anybody can close this gap to Red Bull who are, what, you know, in that minus 275 to $3 range? I realize no one's ever going to want to lay, uh, you know, lay a price long term, but seriously, coming out of the season, like, isn't it sort of uh, like a, a kind of a ridiculous stretch to suggest that a team could actually compete with Red Bull, actually win a title next year when we've seen just how amazing that car and how consistent Verzappen has been at the top? So let's put it this way, right? The whole reason why Red Bull were able to capitalize 
as much as they did was because they did not take their actual penalty from 2022 where they breached the cost cap. So that comes this season with the wind tunnel testing, given that piece of information about 20% reduction time, which means, right, Red Bull have finished on the top. They already have the least amount of running time in the wind tunnel. So you, and you sub, you subtract that even further. And it's going to take so much from the Red Bull to keep the performance that they've had all season. Now, an interesting comment, right, is from Formula E driver Jake Dennis, who test drove the car. And he said that everyone believes the car was designed for Max Verstappen. And he said that's absolutely false. When he drove the car, he set some blistering lap time. The main thing that we took away from when Jake Dennis drove was that he said the car was beautifully balanced. It was perfect in every aspect that you needed it to be. Hence, the performance that we saw. And given that, right, as good as Red Bull and Max are, it comes down to question, then why was Sergio Perez unable to capitalize? He did well last season when the regulations changed. Why wasn't he able to do this season as good as last season, and especially towards the second half, where his performance dipped drastically? He was just minutely able to clinch second in the drivers. It's Rebel 1-2, as we know, right? So there's a lot of questions. So when we see McLaren close down for championship, Ferrari, Mercedes, Aston Martin, I think next season, it's not anyone's game. Red Bull do have an edge because of the performance that they have this season that they're able to carry forward. But the onus is on the teams next year because if Ferrari do what they did this season where they regressed a lot, they're going to play catch-up. If Mercedes' concept isn't where they want it to be, we will see regression again. We'll see that over and over again. So it is crucial that teams get winter testing and wind tunnel time right. And McLaren, second, rightfully so, just due to the fact they have their own wind tunnel being finished at the start of next year. So it's going to be absolutely amazing to see what is yet to come from McLaren. I think there's so much performance and pace yet to be unlocked, especially with Oscar Piastri now concluding his rookie season. He's a little bit more experienced, knows exactly how the cars go. McLaren, a little bit more experienced in the way they have to attack certain tracks now. We might be able to see them execute much higher than they did this season and last season. Totally understand from that standpoint. If you go back and you look at how this season unfolded from Silverstone on, I mean, McLaren was pretty clearly the second best team uh, on on the grid from that point in the season. Now you can't you know, just, just eliminate the first nine races, right? Where it was a disaster for the McLaren, but you have to feel good about them. I, my big question is if we're talking about teams in that, that next level, right? Mikhail trying to compete with the Red Bull going forward. It, it's, it's, to me, Mercedes won because of some of the comments we heard from Lewis Hamilton coming out of the end of the year where he's admitted to some self-doubt. Uh, and we saw really good flashes at times from George Russell. We saw a car, though, that on certain tracks looked really good. 
on certain tracks just didn't have any straight line pace. It was it was just a super b- bizarre season uh, where we were really critical, Mikhail, at the start of the year of the Mercedes. They made some improvements, looked like they were ready to to be firm number two uh, holders on the constructors, and then had a had another dip of form. Were able to barely hold on, taking second by three points. So I'm curious where you stand on Mercedes now as we head into this off season and what will be a really interesting 2024 now for Lewis Hamilton specifically. Mercedes now have a giant task ahead of them, mainly in the manner of speaking that the team needs to be confident in the car that they produce. If Toto Wolf and the engineers back at the factory are able to conceive an idea of a car and then execute that in a manner that could keep the performance exactly where they need it to be and imitate some of the performance that they had from 2021 and prior where they were constructors championships eight consecutive times. They need to be able to reevaluate everything, but they also need to be able to be certain in a lot of aspects in the team in terms of the designing of the concept and the car. Given that, can Lewis and George then be like, all right, now we know the car is built to the standard that we need it to be. Now it's on us to drive this piece of machinery to its limits and push every corner, every lap. They need to be absolutely certain that they've got what they need in the palm of their hands. Otherwise, then the doubt comes is it me? Is it the car? Is it the team? There's going to be a lot of questions and answers, not just for themselves, not for Total War, for the engineers, but for fans as well, for betters, because it really affects our strategies as we go into betting Mercedes, whether it be in the futures market or per race, right? Especially if we're parlaying them. We have to be able to trust that Mercedes can deliver in the form and factor that we know they can. If they are unable to and have these lapses of judgment and clarity on how the performance of the car might actually play out, we need to be able to sit down and be like, all right, let's take the data that we have in the past two seasons to be able to evaluate this season. And it's part of what makes, I, I really think, Mikhail, going into next year, you have teams that are going to be vying for second and maybe even if they're super ambitious pushing to contend with Red Bull in Mercedes and Ferrari, two teams that were just all over the map this year. Uh, just even talking about reliability, right? And we saw the ups and downs that Frederick Vassar had first year as the, you know, the, the, the team principal for Red Bull, or I should say uh, for Ferrari and how disappointing they were relative to the Red Bull. Uh, even though there was the one lap pace that was great, a ton of pole positions this year for uh, Charles Leclerc and you know we were we were all aboard the Leclerc type train at the start of the year. I, to me, I just think it, it makes it such a fascinating start to 2024 where you've got all the expectations for McLaren. You have Mercedes, Red Bull, who showed flashes of a, of tremendous pace this season, but who, who for various reasons, whether it was driver, whether it was for race strategy, whether it was for engineering, uh, fell short of the mark at a lot of different places. And so I think you make a really good point as far as betting and for futures, like. Are we really going to want to to go there on any sort of futures, whether it's you know, whether it's a Hamilton, Leclerc, Sainz, Russell? Even though it's longer shots, do we really have trust now in those teams when when we still have so much to 
to be proven from their ends, just going from start to finish on the season. So um, when it came down to Ferrari, I have seen great strides in overall performance of the team. Where Mercedes fall short is that they're always questioning every aspect, whether it be driver, team, or car. With Ferrari, they know exactly where the issues lie, and it comes down to the leadership to guide them on a passage that they can actually get to working on the issues, tackling it one by one, and they did. Look at the, let's not go second half of the season, let's go the last six races of the season. Look at the form that both Carlos Sainz and Charles Leclerc had. Yes, they may have been questioning strategies and coming up with their own, but they're also in the best position to go and communicate to the team, hey, I know we said plan A, which is a two-star, but I think plan C, which is a one-star, extended plus six laps or plus seven laps, Let's will suffer the last couple of laps, but will put us in a great position to finish in the points. right? Let, let's go to Abu Dhabi, right? Where Charles Leclerc gave Sergio Perez a slipstream in order to get five seconds. He, that didn't happen, but he allowed Sergio Perez to take second in the race so that he could try to pull away and let them finish second rather than Mercedes finishing second with George Russell so close up there. So... When you have drivers and you have teams like, you know what, Charles, like you're right, let, let's go, let's try that. When you have that, when the teams and drivers start trusting each other, that's what makes it so great. That's what allows us to be all right. Now Ferrari is getting to a point where we're okay. And that's where Mercedes isn't. Well, we're coming up onto a break. We'll continue this conversation at the second half of this episode because we've got a lot to talk about. It was, again, as we said, a great season, much to talk about, right? Ben, on the other side, we'll talk more about Ferrari. We'll get into McLaren, who have been absolutely phenomenal. Williams as well. And maybe we'll talk about some of the teams who have shown some performances in certain areas. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith. When I'm not at my day job, first tape, you can find me in my studio hosting the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, at the very least, as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and politics. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions on those nauseating cowboy fans. The chaos in Washington, D.C., and trending topics on social media, as well as my straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. 
and I occasionally give out love advice. Yes, it's true. If you want to know my true feelings about something, I'll give it to you straight. So, listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. The Nikki Glaser Podcast. Her roast of Tom Brady stole the show. Now she's talking about it on the latest episode of the Nikki Glaser Podcast. I said, tell Tom Brady that I'm the Tom Brady of roasting. Lots of people roasted the goat, but only Nikki is still being talked about. Every time I refresh my DMs, it's 14 blue check marks of people I didn't even know who knew me are writing like paragraphs to me. Hear that in all episodes of the Nikki Glaser Podcast on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Nikki Glaser Podcast to start listening. Welcome to VEASAN's F1 Betting Podcast. The only F1 handicap you'll ever need. Here are your hosts, F1 technical analyst, Mikhail Miranda, and betting expert, Ben Wilson. All right, welcome back to the F1 Betting Podcast with your host, Mikhail Miranda and Ben Wilson. Ben, just before we headed the break... I told you how Ferrari in the last six races of the season have been able to perform at the caliber that we expect them to perform and how Mercedes, yeah, we, we can't trust them in the futures market when it comes to betting. We are a little bit more consistent with Ferrari knowing their strengths. As you said, one lap pace, right? I am very confident in taking some futures markets now if the right market is available for Ferrari, such as where they might finish in the constructors, right? Whether it be top three or top six, right? That that would be a much more calculated bet that I'm able to lay some money on. Well, you'll get, uh, you, I mean, you'll get plus money on that. Cause I mean, what I'm seeing right now, McLaren in the five and a half to one range, Mercedes around seven and a half to one, and Ferrari's 10 to one. So if you're, whenever those, and I'm not seeing markets out now, at least, you know, books I'm looking at here, for these, they just have general constructors. But if you get a top three constructors, when those props do drop, you're going to get uh, Ferrari top three, which, I mean, I think we both agree. That's a much more palatable, much more reasonable way to bet them than the way we did last year, which was taking the, the longer shot. You know, Leclerc was, what, five to one to win the drivers heading into last year as the second choice. Uh, so now you're kind of like, we, I'm with you that we've seen so much improvement that the, the odds market, remember back to last year, Ferrari was pretty clearly the second choice in the constructors and the drivers' odds. Now you're down to fourth, and yet, what have we learned about Ferrari? Like, it's a car that has, as we talk about, tremendous pace, and now they're going to be in year two, right, of the Frederick Vassar experience uh, running that team. So I'm, I'm with you, and if we see a decent plus money on Ferrari to finish top three constructors, I'd be, uh, I would certainly be in lockstep with you on that, Mikhail. Absolutely, right? They've been able to tackle some issues. Let's go back to the start of the 2023 season, where Charles Leclerc had to take a grid penalty for changing out his engine. Their engine reliability was a big concern at the start of the season, which they tackled that issue. The next issue that came into concern was strategy. They tackled that issue. So they have been able to knock each domino down to make them not a successful team, but a team that's able to position themselves beautifully for what they need to be done. It was unfortunate that Carlos Sainz finished 15th in the Abu Dhabi Grand Prix, which put Ferrari third in the constructors. But look at the pace of Carlos Sainz. He was great. It was it was a weird strategy that I saw them go from a heart to a heart, and then at the end, pit, wait for a safety car, or a virtual safety car, to pit for 
a second compound because that's in the rules where each team has to pit for a second compound to allow the pit stops to be counted as pit stops. Yes, they can come in for another set of hards, but as long each race, they had to take two sets of compounds. So it, it was weird to see that, but I get where they came from. They tried to do damage limitation. They had the right strategy in mind, but it just seemed the race was pretty consistent. Teams were exactly where they needed to be, and not many teams needed to fight. Alpha Tori Williams were fighting. McLaren and Aston Martin were fighting. Ferrari Mercedes were fighting. Right? $10 million difference from P2 to P3 in constructors. It's big. So when, when you see that Ferrari have made these great inroads, next season, a top three is much more in the cards for me. Yes, it would be at, I would say, around plus 120 maybe. But if they start off the season the way they started off the 2022 season, they'll be in a great position. McLaren have made tremendous, tremendous gains. So is Aston Martin. Mercedes have finally caught up to where they needed their car to be on the fundamentals. So Mercedes still have a ways to climb, but I I wouldn't say no to a Ferrari top three. And look, our one of our bets, it was a mixed bag, right, for our last race of the year, but Charles Leclerc, podium finish, that was a really nice hit for us to uh, to wrap up. And it's just a shame that you know, I lost the, had the double top six on Ferrari and the Carlos signs, everything that happened, started the week, just totally derailed uh, his his weekend pretty much from the start. That was... Uh, that was a shame, but it got uh, certainly got there, and we we definitely saw it with the pace being there for Ferrari. That I would have to think we see more of that coming into 2024. And it was a good finish too for the Aston Martins, who we were sort of all over the place with uh, this year, up and down. And I give you a lot of credit. You you talked me in. We both were believers into the double top ten uh, for the Astons into the final uh, race of the year, and you get a seventh and a tenth. Lance Stroll sneaks into that final place in the points, so we were able to catch that ticket as well. And so at the end of the day, you get Alonso finishes. Uh, fourth tied on points with Leclerc uh, in the drivers. Stroll finishes 10th. So you had a, a good year overall from Aston Martin. And then you end up with the Alpines right behind them. Pierre Gasly, Esteban Ocon, uh, 11th and 12th on your uh, season-long grid. So Aston's fifth in the constructors. Alpine sixth by a pretty wide gap. Where do you see those teams now? Uh, Mikhail, who at least showed promise at times, albeit inconsistencies. What's the, what's the general uh, pr- trajectory line in your mind going into next year? To me, the first thing that's important for Alpine, let's talk about them, is to get a sense of who will be leading the team and what their goals are. We've seen them fire Otmar Zaf now mid-season. They even lost Lauren Rossi, who was the CEO of Alpine. Um, there is leadership questions at Alpine to which I would like to say some cemented answers in positions that are vital to leadership to the goals of the team. They've had new investors, especially Hollywood A-listers, and given that we on the US platform and viewership, uh, it's, it's up there. So Alpine will be held responsible and accountable for their actions moving forward. And in terms of Aston Martin, Lawrence Stroll said that he was extremely happy with where they are. They have a five-year plan to be a championship contending team. I think they've made 
strides of epic proportions to where they are right now. They have a great basis to move forward. All they, if Adrian Newey goes over to Aston Martin and designs their car for two years, in two years' time, Aston Martin will become Constructors' Champions. That's how great their fundamentals are. It's now it's just tweaking what they have to suit both drivers equally. But for both Alpine and Aston Martin, where they are, they have to compare themselves to a team who were in that little midfield no man's land pack that moved up a notch and took the fight. So both Alpine and Aston Martin now had to compare themselves to McLaren. McLaren just were able to dominate the midfield in a way that I've not seen any team do so for a while. And it was amazing to see what they were able to accomplish. So the benchmark for the midfield pack is McLaren. If they can strive to be that, we will see much more closer racing moving forward. Yeah, that's where you know the odds reflect that as as we go into next year. And I'm I'm fascinated to see how that plays out when we saw, especially on the you know the Alpine front. I mean, there were races where there might not have been much leadership there, Mikhail, but you at least saw like those are a couple of drivers who have some stones. And I, I love the way uh, the fearlessness of Alex of, uh, of of what we saw at Esteban Ocon and Pierre Gasly throughout the season. I also, of course, wanted to mention uh, Alex Albon and your favorite team. It seems like Mikhail. We love talking Williams. What a you know, made a made a big push this year from just being at the doldrums, bottom of the table. Uh, go up to seventh, which by Alpha, uh, by uh, Williams standards, taking out that be, finishing above Alpha Tauri, Alpha Romeo, and Haas. That's a big deal for being uh, being honest here. So I know it's our last episode. I, I I would be remiss if I didn't give you like two minutes to uh, to wax poetic on on Williams and where that uh, team is at going into next year. The thing that I admire much about Williams is the fact that they know when they need to be better. They absolutely accept the consequences. We saw the Williams family abdicate their part in Formula One to ensure that the legacy of Williams is carried forward. Because go back, Williams themselves are also eight-time constructor champions. Alain Prost, Edson Senna, Nigel Mansell all drove a Williams. And it was able to win championships beyond a doubt. So they have legacy and attributions of a great team and we are now seeing that emerge right i think williams is the phoenix they they're rising from the ashes now uh james vowels i think is the greatest addition that they've had ever since dorison capital bought out the williams family to take over the team now they have the capital the funds the resources they have Someone who's got great leadership. James Vowles was a part of an eight-time Constructors' Championship team in Mercedes. Prior to that, he was a bronze GP who were able to, for one season, if you've not heard the bronze story, I would urge you to go and do your research on that because they were a team that came into Formula 1 in 2009 just for one season and they won the Constructors' and Drivers' Championship. They were a great, great team. James Vowles was a part of that team. So James Vowles knows exactly how to get this team prepared 
to move forward. Now, it's going to be a very slow process, but let's go back to a couple seasons where they were fighting at the bottom of the grid. Now where they are. So that's what I admire so much about Williams is the fact that when they have these issues, they're able to go and find the personnel who have a game plan, the resources, and execution in allowing this team to prosper in the ways that it has to. The acquisition of Alex Albin from Red Bull was a major stepping stone for them. He has carried on the mantle that George Russell set, that Valtteri Bottas set prior to George Russell. That's what this team is. They need to be able to find a second driver as consistent as Alex Albon. But again, that second position now is more of a marketing stint to get more funding and all that. So they've, they've got a ways to go. But you can't deny the gains that Williams have made as well. They've gone from backmarkers to midfield battles now, which is great strides as a Formula 1 team. They've gone from being 10th on the grid to being uh, 7th. I can see them fighting even higher. Reason, reason to have optimism, certainly, for the Williams. Even if the, you know, the odds have them you know, sort of tied co with, with Alfa Romeo and with Sauber, which will be what uh, Alfa Tauri rebranded at going into next year in that, you know, that uh, best of the rest, so to speak, deeper down into the midfield, tied for uh, seventh right now on the odds if you're just looking at, at the Rock Constructors' numbers. And you have to think, if you're leaning one of those three teams, you have to like where Williams are at. I'm with you, Mikhail, um, going into next year. I did want to make sure, because this is our last episode together, uh, you you give us uh, the, the, the story, Mikhail, of what is next for you, because I, I want to first off say I've learned so much from you on the betting front, uh, just specifically to... Uh, F1 this year. I mean, I bet pretty much every sport and I've always been a big fan of F1, never really known how to find the best bets for it. And you've helped me out tremendously this season. So I, uh, we've gotten a ton of great feedback. I just wanted to say thank you uh, for being a great, uh, a great steward of information this year, opening my eyes, a lot of uh, newer betters to F1's eyes on best way to attack some of these markets. So I uh, wanted to make sure we give you the floor here. Final episode. I want, want uh, you to tell everybody what's next for you and uh, where this this journey of life is going to take you on Mr. Miranda. <laughs> uh, this podcast has been by baby. We I've done I want to say two seasons. Previously it was known as Racing Lines. You could find it on the Gone Racing feed and then You would know Wes Reynolds, right? Uh, uh, last year. Yes, Wes Reynolds and I and Wes also his betting acumen absolutely phenomenal. I learned much from Wes. I've learned much from you. You've got you've got a great betting acumen as well. All you needed was more of the technical information in order to just tailor your acumen to Formula One and I think we, we were able to achieve this. We were able to get some great guests in Johnny Avello, in Lewis Frank. We've also got Shady Shores, who's the F1 capper, who, who gave us some great stuff for the Vegas Grand Prix. There are markets, there are people out there who are knowledgeable about the sport, who are able to make some great, great strides in winning some money back from the sports as well. And it's been... It's been amazing uh, hosting this podcast with you. And I'm sad to say that I will be leaving DraftKings and Fison to pursue a career at the Air Force. 
Uh, yes, that's the military, the US Air Force. That, yes, that Air Force. Yes. Wow. That's amazing. So uh, that, that's next on my journey. I, I'll, if I can try to keep a version of this podcast alive, other than just be on my own, it, that, that would be great. But I have now a duty to, to my country. I know I sound like an Englishman. <laughs> so people, people, yeah. people might but, be confused. Right? Like, wait, wait, say what? Like, you're serving for the, uh, the U.S. Air Force? Yes, yes, he is a U.S. citizen, folks. I yeah. was born in Texas. So I am, so I'm an American citizen. So yes, my country is United States of America. So yes, that's, that's next on my endeavors and my journey. And to all my listeners out there, well, all our listeners, Ben, uh, thank you so much for everything for giving us the time of day, for engaging with us as we did. And Ben, if VEASAN and DraftKings give you the mantle, I hope you and Wes Reynolds keep this project alive and talk Formula One in the upcoming seasons because there is so much more to come. There's an American company who is re-entering Formula One. And that is Ford Motors. Ford Motors and Red Bull have stripped a deal for 2026. Right? There's also talks of uh, Michael Andretti joining the F1 grid. There, there is so much of the sport yet to be seen, especially since Drive to Survive has been able to propel the US audience on a grander scale. There is so much to come and 75 years of the sport, it's still in its infancy every single year. There's something new to watch, to learn. So keep an eye out, guys. There, there is so much to come and thank you to everyone. Thank you, Ben, for being alongside me on some episodes that you, where we had to do it individually. And you gave me the reins and uh, trusted me to do so well with the information. But I've learned a great deal from you as well. You're the man, Mikhail. And I I echo everything you said, just uh, thanking all the listeners for uh, all your feedback. It's been a a truly uh, amazing, kind of of hard to believe that our first uh, season together, Mikhail, has already come to an end. But uh, I, I think on behalf of a lot of our listeners, I know all of our Colleagues at VEASAN, uh, we thank you for your service. That's a tremendously selfless thing of you to do and uh, the wanting to serve our country. So it's, uh, I can't wait to, to see the journey go on, Mikhail. I know I, we will be texting a lot as we get closer to next year. I know we, we will still be in communication. I certainly hope. I, I imagine in some way, VEASAN, our, our F1 coverage is still going to continue some way, somehow. So uh, I'm, I'm just thrilled that we had this experience and uh, we'll not, we'll not forget it anytime soon. Wanted, wanted to make sure we, we get you the proper send-off, though, and wish you all the best going forward. Absolutely. Thank you so much. Thank you, Ben. Thank you to the listeners. Sign sign us off, Mikhail. You get to do it. One last time. Sign us off. One last time. Thank you to everyone listening to the F1 Betting Podcast. I am your host, Mikhail Miranda, technical analyst alongside betting expert Ben Wilson. Thank you to Ryan Hunter, who is the voice of VEASAN, who did our little intro, if you guys hear it. Thank you to VEASAN. Thank you to DraftKings, to Johnny Avello, Shady Shaws, F1 Kappa, and many of our guests, thank you to John Hugh Brian Rogers, Miles Gwen, and everyone else who's made this project 
absolutely come to life and happen in reality in the tangible on your podcast feed thank you to everyone enjoy formula one as it's on its rise At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. And we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. Listen to MTV's official challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.